interested in discarding what is broken and snuffing out where there's no fire. He's interested in bringing healing and fanning a smoldering little area into a huge flame. And that's what God wants us to do. That's who he wants us to be. He wants us to be the kind of people led by the Holy Spirit that when somebody is almost at their wit's end and they're broken, we don't just step on them and crush them. But we for them. Jesus is always about healing and restoring. That's the whole message of the gospel, taking what's broken and offering hope and new life. In today's message, Pastor Daniel will share that we're supposed to be part of this effort. Jesus changed our lives and now we need to do the same for the world. Instead of looking for the faults and failures of people, we should be instilling truth and love as we share the good news of Jesus. Now here's Pastor Daniel in Isaiah chapter 42 with part one of his message, Service and Praise. Every single week I just start praying. I say, Lord, I want to live the message that you want me to preach. And that's my way because I realize that If all I do is study, and if all you do is study the Bible based on what the words say, it's just an intellectual exercise. It's not necessarily transformational. I think this is a big thing, that what God wants to do in each one of us, he doesn't just want to give us information, he wants to actually transform each one of our lives. I think that's one of the biggest things that we look at when we see the world today, is that it's really easy for people just to translate, this is who I was before I came to know Jesus, and then I come to know Jesus, and I'm essentially the same person, but I put Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But it's not really transformational, it's just you translate, this is who I was, and this is who I am, and now Jesus is the center. That's not really Christianity. See, Christianity is that we come in as we are, but Jesus literally transforms our lives, and that's a heart work. I mean, it changes your heart, and then you start to think differently. So we really want our faith to be transformational. I don't know about you all, but with the hot, hot weather that we've been having, I've kind of not wanted to mess with the stuff in the yard. Am I the only one? So it's like, it's so hot, the yard is just kind of, you know, it needs some love. So sure enough, with the weather breaking, and of course, I was also prompted by my neighbor. I have an amazing neighbor. He's always good at getting that stuff. Anything that goes on that's like kind of covers both of our properties, he always takes care of because he knows I'm that guy. He laughs. He's like, look, I know if it was sermonizing time, you do fine. But the rest of this, I help, you know? And so it was funny. So he did some work. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to go do this. And I told Lynn, you know, I'm like, this is going to take me 30 minutes. <laughs> All you guys laugh, right? So sure enough, my plan was only to do 30 minutes worth of work. But sure enough, by the time I get out there, it's like the vision of what I'm doing out there is starting to evolve as we go. Before I know it, I got like these hedge clippers, but I'm taking trees down with them. Now, I know everyone's thinking, so why don't you just use a chainsaw? I'm from New Jersey, so I don't own a chainsaw. Because I'm from New Jersey, man. I don't know anything about chainsaw. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm literally, I'm like hacking down these trees. Now, how many of you guys know cottonwood trees? Oh, yeah. How many of you guys are radically allergic to cottonwood trees? 
Me too. So every time it's snowing in my backyard, it's like I look like I'm stoned more than I normally look like I'm stoned. Because I'm really not stoned, but you know, with the dreads, my eyes get all red and I get sniffly and everything. It's real bad. And so sure enough, what I realize is that, you know, cottonwood trees, they multiply very rapidly. And so all along, there's just cottonwood trees everywhere. And I'm just like hacking these things down. And real quick, I'm thinking to myself, why did I get into this? Because I realized like what I was going to do, now I'm like an hour into it. And then all of a sudden, over my shoulder, I noticed my 12-year-old son, Obadiah. And Obadiah's got his sneakers on. He, he went to the tool shed, got some gloves. He's like, I'm here to help. And I was just like, hallelujah. You know? So like Obadiah shows up and he's got his gloves on. And he's like, dad, what would you like me to do? And I'm like, buddy. I'm like thinking to myself, this guy's a stud. Like, like what happened to this guy? You know? It's like now all of a sudden Obadiah is just like the man. And I'm like, you know, buddy, see all these trees everywhere? He's like, yeah, I see a lot of trees. I'm like, can you just pick those things up and we're going to pull them all the way to the back of the property, you know, and throw them. And he's like, you got it, dad. And he just got right to work. And what's funny is, is in the midst of all this, so it's like, and it's getting hotter and I'm sweating and I'm frustrated. I'm watching my son Obadiah and I'm like, this is so powerful. You know why? Because I didn't ask him. I didn't say, hey, Obadiah, can you come help me? He just saw that there was a need and he just showed up. And as I was thinking about this, this, I'm watching this happen. And what's really cool is he helped me for about 35 or 40 minutes. And after about 35 minutes, he's pretty soaking wet and dirty. And he kind of gave me that look. I'm like, buddy, thanks so much. You can go back inside. He's like, really? I don't want to leave you out here. I'm like, no, no, no. You helped me so much. I'm like, you don't even know. But what I loved about it is that he helped not because he was asked to, because he knew he needed to. And that's actually what we're going to talk about today. That's exactly what God wants us to step into. But remember how I said that true Christianity is transformational, not just translative? When Jesus transforms your life, there are things that begin to happen that you don't translate in because it wasn't your nature beforehand. It's something that is a fresh work of the Spirit. And really what it does is it deals with two primary areas, service and praise. Service and praise. So we're going to break that open together. So open up your Bibles to the book of Isaiah, chapter 42. Isaiah 42. We're going to be taking verses 1 to 13 of Isaiah 42 in this series that we're calling Echoes from the book of Isaiah, where now you have these echoes of these timeless truths being spoken into the present day. So open up your Bibles. Of course, if you have a smart device, you can open that up. Isaiah 42 is easy to find. Isaiah is the first of what we call the major prophets. It's a book. has got 66 chapters in it, so it's a large book, pretty easy to find, soon after the book of Psalms. So it says this. It begins this way. Isaiah 42 says this. Behold... My servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights, I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. He will not cry out, nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. He will not fail, nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastlands shall wait for his law. Now, this is really powerful because, of course, 
You find this idea all through the prophet Isaiah of the servant. Now, if you were to listen to rabbinical scholars, they would say, well, the servant is Israel, right? And in a sense, they're right because the servant is designed to be Israel, but all of the hopes and dreams of Israel are actually founded in the Messiah, Jesus, who Jesus is for Israel, what God intended Israel to be for the world. So this servant is Jesus, but you and I realize that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus, the Bible calls that being born again, that you were born of flesh and blood and then you're being born again by the spirit of God. Then we become part of the body of Jesus. So as Jesus is in the world, so you and I are meant to be in the world. Does that make sense? So when we see these things about Jesus, because if you are hearing this and you're a follower of Jesus, now all of a sudden, Jesus invites you as part of his body to be involved in the things that he's involved in. And these four verses teach us quite simply that the spirit leads to service. The spirit leads to service. Notice what it says. Behold my servant whom I uphold, my elect one in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him and he will bring forth justice to the Gentiles. Don't miss that the title is the servant. And he says, and I will put my spirit upon him and he will bring justice to the Gentiles. Now the Gentiles were all of the nations who weren't the children of Israel the nations as the Gentiles. See, the children of Israel, they believed in one God, the creator and the sustainer God, who we're going to talk about in the whole message, really. All the messages are about that. But the idea is this message goes on out. And so the work of the Messiah, the spirit of God is so that justice, all the things that pertain to how things ought to be is being born out of the work of the spirit. And that's why I could say that the spirit leads us to service. Because when I think about my son Obadiah, I was so pleasantly excited that he saw what was going on. He said, I'm just going to go help. And I believe that God wants all of us to be like that. That we look at the world, not just for the church, the people of God, but we look at the world and we say, there are these needs and I am going to go and help. See, justice... All of culture, all of the created order functioning in the way that it ought to. Anybody need a refresher course that things aren't the way they're supposed to be right now? There was a rally of racism. The fact that that even goes on today shows that things are still messed up, right? And then there's a counter protest. And then somebody takes a car and drives into the counter protest. Anybody think that that's the way the world's supposed to work? No, I hope Listen, I hope you don't think it's the way the world's supposed to work. That is the way the world works today, but it's all messed up. See, justice is what happens when God reigns in people's hearts and then people begin to work in such a way that we bring beauty out of things that are broken. And I'm here to tell you that for those of us who have put our faith and trust in Jesus and the Spirit of God dwells in you, the Spirit of God is rising up in your soul saying, I want to see justice come into this world and I want you to be a part of it. But for many of us, we're like, I'm too busy. Who's got time for that? I mean, like football season starting. I got a seven hour date in front of the TV every Sunday. Who's got time? You understand what I'm saying? See, 
The Spirit of God leads us into service. Why? Because we see, even for the Messiah, for Jesus, the Spirit's upon him, and he's going to bring justice into the Gentiles. He's going to allow the things that ought to be that are in the heart of God to come to fruition. Now, what I want to tell you is, I'm so excited about who we are as a family of faith. Listen, God's still working on all of us. We always say as a church family, we're all in process. But the number of people here at Crossroads who are involved in self-sacrificial service in the name of Jesus, inspired by the Spirit from this church is amazing. Like Pastor Greg runs our care ministry, but really the care ministry runs itself because the men and women who love Jesus, they just love to serve everybody. Someone's in the hospital. Folks from our care ministry find out they're mobilized. They're there. People have needs. They just show on up. These are men and women who don't need any sort of accolades. Now, the reason I bring this up is look what it says in verse 2. He will not cry out, nor raise his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. See, the Messiah, in his justice-seeking, doesn't need to have an ostentatious display of all that he's doing. He doesn't want anyone to notice he's just going to go about doing what he's doing in a way that is very humble. And that's just like the folks, the men and women on our care team. They're not looking for accolades. Do you realize that at every single week, there are thousands of hours spent all by just men and women, just like all of us, out serving people, meeting people, meeting people's needs, working this thing out, taking care of this thing, taking care of this thing. I love that. I love that about who we are because to me, it's the spirit leading us into service. See, oftentimes the flesh can lead you into service, but it needs to be noticed. Some of you are like that. I mean, I think in some ways we're all like that, but some of you, you know in your heart that you need to do something, but then if you don't get the accolades you think you should get for doing it, you get all frustrated. You know, it's like maybe in your marriage, you're like, I'm going to serve my spouse because that gives Jesus glory. And then when your spouse isn't nice to you, like you haven't they can serve themselves. <laughs> if that's the way you're going to be. You know, I always think of a story about Pastor Chuck Smith, who was pastor of Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa, the founder of the Calvary Chapel movement of churches. There was a story about how, you know, they were reaching all these young people and Pastor Chuck would go to the parking lot and he'd be picking up cigarette butts, you know, and he would get frustrated in his heart. Like, what kind of people are smoking, going to church, you know, like having all this stuff in his heart. And the Lord just really ministered and said, Chuck, your heart's wrong. Just serve me. I don't need you to judge anybody. I'm doing a work. You know? And in the same way, we need to learn how to let the Spirit of God lead us into self-sacrificial service. I mean, it says this in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 24 to 26. Speaking of the gentle Christian worker. So then a servant of the Lord must... Not quarrel, but be gentle to all, able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. See, this idea of the servant of the Lord not being quarrelsome, but being gentle, being patient, even in the way that they correct people, being humble, hoping that God will grant repentance so that people may come to the truth. See, the reason I bring this up is the Spirit leads us into service, but we learn here 
about Jesus in verse 3 that a bruised reed he will not break, a smoking flax he will not quench. So the idea is if a reed was a plant that was by a river, and so if it was broken, if it was pushed over, instead of breaking it and getting rid of it, he would support it so that it would heal. A smoldering flax. You ever have those times when you have to do like a little fire, a little bonfire, or whatever, and the wood, it's just like, you know that it's burning, but it's really just smoking and it's about to go out? Instead of snuffing that out, the idea is, is that he's going to nurture it to bring that flame back. See, that's the heart of the Lord. The Lord is not interested in discarding what is broken and snuffing out where there's no fire. He's interested in bringing healing and fanning a smoldering little area into a huge flame. And that's what God wants us to do. That's who he wants us to be. He wants us to be the kind of people led by the Holy Spirit that when somebody is almost at their wit's end and they're broken, we don't just step on them and crush them, but we care for them. When someone's, the fire of spiritual fervor is almost done, it's almost snuffed, they're about ready to walk away. God doesn't say, yeah, I want you to go judge them and step on that fire. He says, no, I want you to come and add some kindling and add a little, if you need, throw some gasoline on that thing and get that thing going again. That's who God wants us to be. And the spirit of God leads us into service. See, again, this is why I think politics are so deadly in the church right now. Because Everything that Jesus cares about gets politicized so that the people of God don't think biblically. They think politically about everything. And what I love about Jesus is Jesus understood the politics of his day, but he didn't let politics define how things were supposed to work. And I think for many of us, the struggle that we're having right now is you've let 21st century American politics show you what the playing field is rather than this book. Because... If it talks about justice, helping people, helping people on the margins, when these things are politicized, we don't think spiritually. We just think based on our political views. And I'm here to tell you, wherever you land on the political spectrum, both sides are wrong because Jesus's way is the more excellent way. And nobody has Jesus's heart together except for Jesus. So we have to make sure, because we live in a day and age where it's like, well, if someone can't afford it, well, then they just got to go get a J-O-B. Give them a job. See, that's the stuff when you read the Bible, you're like, oh, it's not about just me judging them because who knows what their situation is to bring them there. Look, we have a homelessness epidemic. And it's so easy to say, oh, well, you know, they should just go get a house, get a job. But then if you've ever done ministry amongst people who are without a home, you realize that there's all sorts of reasons that are real why they're there. Whether it's mental illness related or addiction related. I mean, I try and imagine what it would be like to have no support net for myself. I mean, if I fell on hard times right now, every time I talk about Twinkies, you guys bring me like boxes of Twinkies. If I fell on hard times, be like, man, listen, you know, can I go wash your car? A bunch of you let me wash your car. You probably even have a Twinkie on the front seat for me, you know? But that's because I have a support network of people. But then I try and imagine what it would be like to have no support network. What it's like to not have anybody who's in your corner who when push comes to shove will help. Now you may say, well, maybe you burned it. But listen, when there's addiction issues and mental illness, these things, these things go on. And now all of a sudden it's like someone has no support and then they fall on hard times and then things get really, really bad. 
But what happens is, is that if we only think about these things politically, we don't actually realize that that's a person created in the image and likeness of God. And it changes the way we think. I believe that the spirit of God leads us to serve more and more. Now, I love verse four, and I want to miss this before we leave. Talk about the spirit of God working. Notice what it says. He will not fail nor be discouraged till he has established justice in the earth and the coastland shall wait for his law. You guys, listen. The spirit of God will lead you to service that is not discouraged. I think what goes on for many of us is we want to help but we do it in fits and starts because it's so easy to get discouraged, isn't it? I think Satan brokers in discouragement more than almost anything else because discouragement keeps us from showing up again. Don't be discouraged because Jesus is working and the spirit will lead us in a service. Now from there, look what it says in verse five. It says, thus says God the Lord who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it i the lord have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand i will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people as a light to the gentiles to open blind eyes to bring out prisoners from the prison those who sit in darkness from the prison house Now, I love this because what we learn here is that the creator both calls and keeps. Now, this is super encouraging because if the spirit is going to lead us into service, now what we learn is that this creator God not only calls us to himself, but keeps us in the midst of what we're doing. Notice, thus says, verse 5, God the Lord who created the heavens and stretch them out, who spread forth the earth and that which comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and spirit to those who walk in it. See, this idea of God as the creator and the sustainer, this is biblical understanding of God 101, that God created and sustains everything, right? This is an amplification of Genesis 1-1, right? God created the heavens and the earth and he gives breath to everybody. He gives life to everyone, the spirit of life. And this creator God, he, notice verse 6, I the Lord have called you in righteousness. So the creator and the sustainer God calls each one of us. Jesus is God has called each one of us to serve the kingdom and share the gospel. As his followers, we need to take this calling seriously. Pastor Daniel told us today that we can't just sit on the sidelines. We need to be willing to step into whatever God has called us to. This selfless serving involves practical love of our neighbors, no matter who they are. We don't judge them. We take steps to actually help them out. I want to thank you so much for listening to Jesus is Real program. And I realize that there are many of you You're not a born-again follower of Jesus. You've never put your faith and trust in Jesus. But as you've been listening, you've been saying to yourself, I want to begin to follow Jesus. I want to help you do that right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer that just acknowledges who Jesus is in your life. So if that's you, if you're saying yes to Jesus for the very first time, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I'm giving you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life, your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name. And we all said together, 
Amen. For those of you who just received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm so excited for you. I want to know that you did it, though, because I want to help you take your next steps with him. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED to 51400, S-A-V-E-D to 51400, and my team will get in touch with you. We want to get some more resources in your hands to help you on this journey. Now, my team, we want to share some stuff with you, so don't go anywhere. Thanks, Pastor Daniel. You know, the Bible says that when one person comes to Jesus, the angels in heaven rejoice. And we rejoice with them today if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel. Again, to receive some resources that are going to help you in this new journey with Jesus, take out your mobile phone right now and text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400. Make sure to tune in again as Pastor Daniel encourages us to step into areas of service for the kingdom of God. We've all been forgiven and set free from sin by the blood of Jesus, and that should push us toward action. We want to make a difference and share the good news of Jesus with everyone, and so we need to model our lives after His. Jesus cares deeply for everyone, and therefore we should too. There's more to come from Pastor Daniel's series called Echoes. Please glance at the clock right now and make plans to join us again for another edition of Jesus is Real Radio. 